Welcome to Spark, careers in agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, president at Paulson. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Spark. Today I'd like to introduce you to Isabella Chisholm. Isabella is the second vice president of the Indiana Farm Bureau in Galveston, Indiana. And she and I struck up a conversation at the National uh, Association of Farm Broadcasters event last fall. And Isabella agreed to be on our Spark podcast. So we are very fortunate to have a chance to learn more about her career. Isabella, can you tell us uh, about what your current role is like at Indiana Farm Bureau? And welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be here and talking to your audience today. Um, my role at Indiana Farm Bureau is position title is second vice president. What that actually involves is uh, bringing women into leadership and engaging and empowering them. So one thing I do is I chair a women's leadership committee, which uh, is an elected group selected from around the state. And we create programming, tools, depending on what's needed out there in our Farm Bureau membership. So they're all agriculture, um, well, whether it's production farmers or agribusinesses that they're involved in. So that's what we tend to bring in and work with. Then some of my other roles I would summarize as saying our advocacy, whether it's in ag education to younger age children or talking to our legislators about policy that will protect, support, and restore some of our agricultural freedoms. So two ends of the spectrum there and who you're talking to in terms of education, or maybe it overlaps more than you think. (laughs) Well, it probably does, but in education, um, when we do K through 12 for the most part, Uh, We're going into a classroom, we're looking at and working with what the teachers need to uh, accomplish through their 185 days in the school year uh, in order to bring agriculture to the forefront for these children. Because whatever we talk to the children about is what uh, they're going to take home to their parents. So we're hoping to produce an agriculture-friendly citizenship in the United States or in Indiana here specifically. So that is our, our children's education piece. And then when we're talking um, women, we're talking anywhere from 16, you know, high school age, FFA students through um, the 60-year-old, possibly grandma that has has, uh, inherited some farm ground and maybe she's living in town. So we run a wide gamut of education pieces. Let's say one of them, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what we do. We just recently had some of the FFA students and uh, collegiate Farm Bureau members come in for what we call a communication boot camp, just training them on and giving them tips on how to share their story. What is their story? What is their background? What is it they're interested in? And how to just relate that to anybody and everybody that they run into. Excellent. Well, that's that's a wonderful mission, Um, and I'm glad you guys are out there doing that because we all need to be working on that front, for sure. That's wonderful. So, Isabella, can you take a look back and explain to our audience um, your early life and how things started out and just what got you on the path that you're on? 
Well, my path is interesting. Everyone, everyone's path is different, and I think that is okay. That's the way we're supposed to be. So I don't want anyone to feel like they're on the right path or they're on the wrong path because it is their path, and they need to just embrace it and move forward with it. So I am an immigrant. Uh, my parents, I came over with my parents from Austria to the United States when I was six years old. So I started in the United States school system. I didn't know any different. To me, this is what everybody's life was like. But I had very little family over here. So everyone I surrounded myself with, I pretty much chose or had chosen for me, whether it was in a classroom setting. So that sets the stage for me uh, looking at who is around me and making the most and enjoying the most in each and every one. So then I moved forward, and I, my family was in the situation where we didn't make enough to get good scholarships for college, and yet we made too much. We made too much for scholarships, too little to um, really pay for schooling for my parents to pay for schooling for me. So some of the options I was looking at was a co-op programs in different universities. And one of the ones, since my father was employed by General Motors, I went to GMI. I applied. They had uh, qualification standards. I met them, and I was accepted. So this is going to lead into some other things, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep that really short. My degree was in business administration, and that is what I thought I was going to do, is be working in GM, supervision, those types of things. I left uh, GMI with the intent of doing that, and then ended up marrying a farmer. And that's where my life takes a different path. So my business skills are still put to use, but now I have a whole new adventure in front of me in the agricultural world and learning that process and going from being, as my husband likes to call, the city girl married to the farm boy (laughs) to now I can run the combine and the tractors and help make business decisions. And we truly are a partnership. We're a team in this. And now even having a daughter and son-in-law farming with us. Oh, wow. That's great. So see, that's not everybody's path, no, and but I had it never is my path, I had and never that's how heard, I got into agriculture, yeah. I had never heard of, of a co-op program like that through General Motors. That's really fascinating. I, I've never mm-hmm. even heard of that. Okay, great. Well, good. You're, you're on the road then. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. in, it sounds like that maybe what was a kind of a pivotal point for you was just getting married, but at some point you weren't just working on the farm because, you know, you've, you've had other... Uh, opportunities, I guess, that must have come your way. Yes, and and that did. Um, when I think about where my life changed, I, I really hinged that in two places. And one of the first place is when we came to the United States, and that that helped form my my perspective on life. Life is an adventure to me, so anything new is worth being um, investigated. And then when I married the farmer, um, my husband. Uh, that was a whole new world that opened up to me. It wasn't separate from the other world that I had already learned to know, but it was a part of that. And as I began to understand what we do in the farming community and what all supports us and what we support, it was fascinating to me. It was I ask a lot of questions. My husband will say I ask questions incessantly, but it's because <laughs> that's the way I learn. I learned by asking the questions, and I encourage everyone to ask questions. But when I got engaged in that, I realized um, 
how many of the farmers, my husband's age and older, were so happy farming, but were also so engaged in farming, they had no idea that there was this building question about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And as our generations got further and further removed from the farm, there was less and less understanding of what was going on out here on the farm ground. So that is what brought me then to this passion for agriculture and speaking up for agriculture, which then led me eventually into Farm Bureau. Ah, okay, very good. So it was really on the communication front. So you were yeah. you had really probably been able to put your business administration degree to work, you know, on the yeah. farm. That's a great compliment. Absolutely. I think, during the farming, but absolutely. So how did you manage to find enough time in the day to tackle something like that, the communication aspect of it? My personality type is that if I am interested in something, and I think we're all that way to some degree, if we are truly interested in something, we make the time to learn about it, to um, support it, and that's how I would have to answer that question. Because as I was actually beginning to get involved, my uh, children, our children, we have three, were in high school, and I was seeing what they were learning and what they were not learning. Now, they and we took for granted what they knew about agriculture and on the farm, and even though we're in a rural community, there were so many of those children that they went to school with that had no idea of what was going on or what was growing in the field next to the school. So that's when I began to see the disconnect. And as I began to see it, I just began reading more and more of the articles that come out in the farm publications that we're getting daily here um, at home. So that is what began to engage me. Who's out there? You know, what are they doing? Uh, What can we do? What do I see as a need for us? And began searching the Internet, began looking, and I found Indiana Farm Bureau. And they have a, um, every state has a Farm Bureau, a state Farm Bureau organization. Mm -hmm. And every state then also has a Farm Bureau organization in the counties. So as I found the one in our county, I found that they were very um, lax in giving me information. But the more questions I asked, I eventually got the answers that I needed as to how I could engage what they needed, what they're doing now. And that's what got me there. Uh, so you saw that there was a need just through your own yeah. experiences. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. So all along the way, you, you know, you've got a couple of pivotal events, but can you talk to maybe a, an obstacle that you had to overcome or some challenges? Yes, and I don't know if the audience has seen or encountered um, any of this, but I never thought of myself as any different from anybody else, and I still don't. But... The more engaged you become, whether it's in a workplace or in advocacy in general or any type of communication arena that tends to be historically dominated by um, older men, um, conservative older men, there is a struggle for women even still today to be um, respected and recognized as an authority on anything. And I I say that with the utmost respect. It's just not what they were used to and what they have grown up with. So occasionally that will rear its ugly head and uh, you find yourself uh, beating your head against a wall trying to make a difference and trying to have a conversation and realizing that 
uh, it's not being heard. So then what that helped me do is learn different communication styles with those different people that I encountered. So if I met someone like that and I could tell early on um, that I was maybe I was perceived differently than, than I wanted to be perceived, then I would begin communicating in a way that they would understand, hey, she does know something about agriculture, and I'll start talking the technicals or I'll start talking what's going on in our field, whereas that's not what we're there to discuss, but that's what breaks down that barrier in order for them to hear what I'm saying and to respect what I'm saying. Well, that's actually really good advice, I think, for our audience because I think they're often going to be in a place as they start to venture out in their careers and even if they don't end up in ag they still all have an opportunity to represent you know the the science behind ag and and a good skill would be that idea of communicating to your you know differently to your audience yeah Yeah. and you know that that's something that um I I know I didn't learn in school but it's something that we learn as we go if we want to and i think we have to be careful that all right i believe strongly in agriculture do i think we do everything 100 percent correct no am i willing to talk about that sure but that's not the first thing that i talk about so when i am engaging with anyone in any type of a uh, conversation i want to make sure that i'm building a positive relationship and if the listeners will take, keep that in mind, then you're less apt to push your point as you are to build an understanding with that individual so that they can hear what it is you're saying and be interested in it. So you're making a connection with them personally on values before you yes. hit yes. them with the facts. Yep, I think that's great, yes. great, great advice. Wonderful. Well, can you talk a little bit um, about the people that influenced you along the way, who's been most supportive of you, and and who's maybe been most influential? I would say I can't put um, one person or a few people on. Something that was important in my looking at life and people the way I do, uh, I would have to give that credit to my parents. They always were interested in knowing people. They didn't um, judge people for one thing or another. And they were always telling me that I could do anything that I wanted to do if I was willing to take the time and make the commitment to it. I do truly believe that. Um, Then what I'd have to say going forward from that point is seeking out people. I, I just took the opportunity to watch and to see qualities in people Uh, that I wanted to emulate, and I would follow them in a sense. I would watch them. I would listen to them. I would ask them questions. Uh, Some of them did uh, become a mentor-type relationship, and some of them did not. But I always tried to learn what I could from the people around me. So whether they were intentional about being a part of my life or supportive in my life didn't really matter. It was something that I looked to see what I could improve on and who has that for me. So that's what I would say was the best support that surrounded me and the um, inspirational people, I guess. There were just so many of them. Sounds like you still are. Sure, maybe uh, pretty intentional about um, making sure you're surrounded with good people that you could look up to. True, 
<laughs> Sometimes that's easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Uh, so, Isabel, have you ever been a mentor to anyone? I have. Um, it seems like the times that I have been a mentor, it has been something very uh, unintentional. It has just happened, and that was wonderful. Other times, like in our church and some other community events, they tried to pair up people to make them mentors and mentees, and that never seemed to work quite as well. So what I guess I discovered through that and what I loved about that is that I you see people every day, and you see some things about them. Let's say at uh, here in the community, I'll be at the school with one of our grand- grandchildren now, and I'll see a young girl and she's just sitting quietly by herself. So I go over and I talk to her and I, I try to build her up. That's, to me, mentoring. And when I'm in the workplace with young women that have just come in and they're not real certain what they're doing and um, how they do it, I, I just try to build relationship and help encourage them and help strengthen them in areas where they want to be strengthened rather than pushing my way on them, seeing what it is that they're interested in and helping them excel at that. Oh, I think that's actually a great way to look at it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something super formal or over a really long period of time. It can just be, you know, a a conversation that's uplifting. Oh, that's a lovely way to look at it. I love that. That's great. So let's maybe talk a little bit about uh, what your best advice is for young people starting out in their career and trying to find their path. I would say everyone has something for you. And I don't mean that in look at people as what can they offer you, but look at them as people that are carrying a history, that are carrying experiences that you haven't had. And by seeing that in others and looking for that in others, you'll begin to see some of the things that they can offer you and you can offer them that will enrich both of your lives. So Don't prejudge anyone. If you need help and you are just wanting to ask a question of someone, in fact, I just had a conversation yesterday with someone about this, and she's a Purdue student, and she was saying that I think so-and-so would have the answer that I'm looking for, would be able to help me with this, but she's so busy. And I said, send her an email. Call her. Stop by the office. Let her decide if she's too busy not you decide. And that's, I think, something we all tend to do no matter how young or old we are. Um, People want to help people for the most part. So as you're going through school, you're looking ahead at your career, have something in mind, but keep your eyes and ears open for opportunities. Sometimes, like for me, marrying a farmer, agriculture was not even a thought I had. And yet here I am, second vice president of Indiana Farm Bureau, loving what I do every day, um, and not because of anything I planned in my life, but because I said yes to an opportunity that was in front of me. So that's what I like to tell people. Have your plan. That's okay. Set your goals. That's great. Everybody should have goals. I still have goals too. But don't be so fixated on those goals that you miss the opportunity right in front of you. That is awesome advice. That's great advice because I think sometimes people fall either way over in one camp where they have to just button everything down or they don't have any idea, you know, where they're going to move. But 
um, you're right. Those yeah. opportunities, if you're open to them, will definitely come along. And mm-hmm. um, it, especially if they take your first piece of advice where you're, you, you know, you realize that everyone that you meet may have something to offer you and you may have something to offer them. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that and I found that over and over again. There's that expression that, that people use a lot, that the older I get, the smaller the world gets. <laughs> and when I was young, I didn't really understand that so much. It's like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But I've, I, I use this, um, I don't know, expression, I guess. I always say, I might hear something I don't understand, and I just put it on a shelf in the back of my mind. And every once in a while, you know, I figure out, oh, hey, that's what that meant, or that's how important that is. But with that, it is so true. If you keep your eyes and ears open and and unfiltered, you know, you just you listen to everything and, and everyone and you, you take it all in, that there is something good in everyone and there's something to learn from every experience, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience. I love that you use the word unfiltered because I think a lot of yeah. times when we do meet new people, we... we put up a wall or we just we make a decision um and if we were more open (laughs) and unfiltered as you said we would have more opportunities for sure yeah right right oh that's great advice so isabel let's talk a little bit about um what you're seeing happening out in agriculture and maybe what you're concerned about within your sphere of influence yeah um Within agriculture, well, right now the immediate concern is the markets, the tariffs, the weather right now here in um, central Indiana. We just had another two inches of rain as we were hoping to be able to get out into the field today, and we have nothing planted, and here we are May 9th. So that's an immediate concern. Um, And with that in mind, I'm looking and listening And since we've had um, a downturn in the markets for a couple of years now, um, there are some young people that love the farm, either were raised on it or had the idea that they wanted to farm, that are now thinking they need to pursue other things. And looking at things, I totally understand that. But what I guess I want everyone to think about um, with this concern of mine in mind that we're probably or potentially losing some younger people interested in agriculture and agribusinesses because of some things that they're seeing right now at this moment in time, is that we have seen this before, and we have come in and out of these moments several times. And that's pretty much what agriculture is, is we can't control the weather, and we can have very little control over the markets. So if you love adventure, if you love that opportunity and challenge to um, make a difference, then I would say stick with that dream and look to things that will support and supplement that dream because there's always a way. And, and I'm, I'm going to come back to something that might sound very trivial. Um, I always loved traveling. And then I married a farmer. And anybody that is on the farm realizes <laughs> what I'm saying is that this yeah. farmer did not want to travel. We don't have time to travel was always what I heard. And yet, so that was one of my back shelf desires. You know, I love to travel, want to travel. So now as um, I am in this role with Indiana Farm Bureau and American Farm Bureau, I get to do a lot of traveling. 
And I love meeting new people and learning more about agriculture in different areas. Some of it you can apply directly, and some of it just helps you have that broader view so that you understand that not everybody deals with everything the same way and not everyone is affected in the same way. So getting back to that concern, I'm concerned that young people making decisions for their future today are making decisions on something they see or hear right this very moment rather than that dream that has probably been in their heart ever since they were born. And I would encourage them to hang on to the dream, to seek out those people that um, they feel could be helpful or influential in their lives, to keep their um, eyes open, to keep their minds open to possibilities, and then to persevere and to engage in any opportunity any opportunity that um, appears to them. And my philosophy on that is say yes and figure out how to do it later. So if there's something <laughs> that's going to lead me in that path, I'll accept the challenge, and then I figure out and I pull resources, I pull it together in order to do the best that I can possibly do, and it has always worked out. And I want them, I want the audience to feel that confidence that you don't have to know it all, and you don't have to do it all, but you have to reach out, and you have to be that person that will pull people and pull experiences and resources together to make something happen. That's what it takes. It doesn't take one person to know it all. It takes one person to engage many. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's awesome. And I can kind of see this thread of the in, adventuresome life coming through everything that you've talked about. <laughs> well, and you know, but what I'm thinking when I was answering that question is, okay, she asked me for concerns, and I keep coming up with like a concern and then an answer. And I guess that is how I work my life. There, there are so many challenges before us. If I focus only on the challenge, then I don't come up with a solution. If I focus only on a solution, I don't see the reality of the challenge. So I try to see both. So I, you're, you can't usually ask me one question and get one answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. Okay, so Isabel, when you are, um, and I know since you farm, you probably won't ever really get to step aside from your entire career, but um, when you're looking back, what do you think you hope people will say about you that have engaged with you over time? I want them to see successful people around me and successful people filling in those spaces because none of us is completely indispensable. So my hope is that I have helped enough people get where they're supposed to be so that I'm not missed and and looked for at all that it's that it's those people that are out there engaging in whatever it was I was doing it and doing it better and further and greater than I ever did well that's a great way to look at it just constantly lifting everybody else up Um, that's great that's my goal good goal so Isabel, what is one question that no one ever asks you, but you've got a great answer and you want to share it with us? Well, I have a question. I don't have, I, I'm not sure that it's a great answer, but it's an answer I like. Um, so 
you know, why agriculture? Even though I married into the farm family and farm life, um, some people, you know, are happy having the off-farm jobs and that family survives well and, and somebody in my position, let's say the wife, doesn't necessarily engage in the farm or know much about the farm. So why did I choose to engage and why um, why am I glad that I did? That would be the question that nobody really ever asks me. Um, and my answer to that is that uh, everything that I'm a part of, I'm either all in or all out. And I always choose all in before I ever get out. So by choosing all in when I got married, um, <laughs> that helped me learn to clean out farrowing crates and <laughs> to drive a tractor and to um, get stuck in a ditch and, you know, all those, all those other things. Um, and had I not gone all in, I would not have been able to experience the ups and the downs with my husband in this business and with our family to be able to fully understand the role that agriculture plays in all of our lives every, every single day. And by having experienced that and by still being an active part on the farm, it helps me to understand what other farm families are going through. And it also helps me to fall back on my perspective before I knew anything about the farm to help people understand that Without farming, without agriculture, we don't really have anything. Because if you get back to the very, very essentials, we all need to eat to survive. So if we don't eat, then we don't have engineers and we don't have pilots and we don't have, um, you know, traffic. We don't have policemen. We don't, we don't have anything. So by having that large a perspective, that broader perspective, because I went all in, I feel like it makes me a um, more believable um, speaker, conversationalist, uh, more believable second vice president of Indiana Farm Bureau, because I can take on both sides. And I don't mean that in battle. I mean uh, I can understand both sides in, a, in order to be able to communicate honestly with them. Well, I am so glad that you shared that part of it because your passion definitely comes through and that idea that you do go all in on that has been apparent in everything you've shared with us today. Um, so I think that makes you a wonderful role model for our, for our audience. I'm so glad that you came up with that question. That's excellent. Is there anything we missed, Isabella, that you would like to share with our audience? I want them to take very seriously um, when I say each one of them is special, is exactly what they are supposed to be and right now, and that everything that they do from this moment forward can make a positive difference if they're willing to evaluate things objectively, whether it's people, conversations, lessons learned, and then move forward and make it work for them. And remembering that when they're making something work for them, it should affect one or two other people in a positive way. If it affects other people in a negative way, it's probably not the right choice. That is awesome advice, too. Every, every question I've had, you've just managed to turn it into wonderful advice for our audience. I'm so 
thrilled with how this turned out. That's just really excellent. Thank you, Isabella. So that wraps up this episode of Spark, and I hope you all will join us for our next episode. Isabella, again, thank you. Cannot thank you enough for that wonderful advice, um, making time for what's important and making sure that everyone that you interact with, um, you realize that they've got something important to share with you if you can approach them in an unfiltered way. I think that's just such great advice. So thank you, Isabella, and take care. That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.